Hey, everybody. Welcome to Over Drinks with Keitha and China. I'm Keitha. And I'm China. And today, uh, oh, before I say what we're talking about, let's get the important things out of the way. Okay. China, what you sipping on over there? Well. What's your favorite thing to sip on? My favorite thing to sip on, I would probably say, is anything whiskey or bourbon. Whiskey or bourbon. That's what I try to like always have in my pantry. Okay, and today you're drinking bourbon. Nice. Yes. On the rocks. On the rocks. Is that kind of night? It is that kind of night. It's been rough. It's it's Wednesday. It's hump day. We we made it. Just want to get over the hump. Yeah, just, get just over getting it. over the hump. Just getting over it. Well, me. What, yeah, what you got over there? I got a little concoction. I ain't okay. going to lie. I had to get online and find <laughs> me some recipes for some stuff. I saw you using the blender over there. Yes, because I had some mango Ciroc in Ooh. my pantry. Because China said I'm always on the deep eddies. Always. But I should try other things. It's delicious and they have so many flavors. <laughs> but anyways... I'm trying something different, so I got the mango Ciroc here. This is a strawberry mango cooler. So basically what I did was I took some strawberries, Mm -hmm. took some mangoes, a little bit of orange juice, blended it all up together. Oh, and a a shot and a half, I would say, of mango Ciroc. Blended that all together till it was smooth, then added a little bit of my Perrier. Perrier. Lime. <laughs> Perrier lime. My club soda there. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I like this one. This is nice. This is tasty. That's good. That's good. Very, very tasty. Every time we go to any bar, you be like, y'all got deep eddies? <laughs> and they be like, no. You're like, like okay, I don't want nothing. Peasants. <laughs> I, don't I don't want, want anything. Want you call yourself a bar <laughs> and there's no deep eddies. I'm really upset about it. I mean, everywhere we go. <laughs> You got deep eddies. It's like, girl, <laughs> there's like 400 other things you well, can drink. I don't know what they are. Listen, it's all good. Uh, you like your deep eddies? It's all good. I like right. my bourbon. My whiskey is cool. It's true. I'm I'm ex- I'm expanding. I used to be a hardcore uh, Hennessy girl. Oh, I still shit. love Hennessy. I still do. Um, and I would immediately be like, let me get a Hennessy on the rocks. Ooh, That's what I would want okay. because I'm trying to get somewhere, okay. and I know Hennessy is gonna get me Put straight there, there. Straight there. Get me there. <laughs> It ain't going to take a lot of time. I'm going to just be there. But now that I'm on this little healthy living kick, I've learned a little bit of things about the sugar that goes into Mm. making certain things. So now I try to stick to the clear. Yeah. Good for you. Less calories, less sugar. It's the healthier uh, choice. Right. And the reason why China is talking so like knowledgeable about what's the healthier choice, (laughs) tell them what you do so they know why. Well, sometimes I'm not sure what I do, but um, I, I, I'm a personal trainer and I work in the health and wellness industry. So I'm, I'm big on health and wellness, but not like the typical, you know, how we think of the, you know, models and that kind of stuff. I, I'm a little deeper than that. So, y'all, I will honestly say, like, we are polar opposites, and we'll probably have to do a show dedicated to this too. <laughs> we are polar opposites when it comes to like health and fitness, and I want to learn a little bit. Um, but she's very kind. Oh. Like, very, very kind when you're working out with her. Now, she's not going to let you stop. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm like, gonna... I've done enough of these squats, and my legs are shaking, <laughs> and my knees are snap, crackling, and popping. But you look at her, she'll smile and give you a thumbs up. And, and say, be like, going. five. <laughs> well, see, Lakeith is the type that'll be like, oh, I got to check my phone. Like, for what? For what? <laughs> 
I just need to know <laughs> if I need to leave this gym. Or you'd be like distracting, having a full-on conversation. I know, I know you're trying to distract me. It, it, it's, it's not me. It's my unconscious self. It's that fat girl that lives oh. on the inside of me who is very happy at the size that we are. Fair enough. And she just don't want to be in there. Like she just, we are, we are really having a battle. This is the first time we've really fought. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. I'm proud of you. So we're gonna get there. We're gonna get That's there. Right. Absolutely. All right. Oh, and since China told you what she does, I'll tell you what I do. Um, I'm a freelance artist out here in these streets. That's another good thing that Corona did for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it took me out of work, which first I was like, oh, no. But now I'm like, mm, back to work. Mm. No. So I just want to do what I want to do. So I'm a teaching artist. I teach acting classes at various theater companies. Mm -hmm. uh, I consult with... Um, universities and their theater departments during their auditions help them uh, make sure that they are being diverse as diverse as possible that all students are getting an opportunity mm -hmm. um, to participate in various activities and shows I direct um, I'm a performer and all that jazz okay. and soon to be producer so if there are any like bar owners out there who would be interested in hosting a production of the vagina monologues that's right. that's right vagina monologues <laughs> I would love to do that because I'm looking for creative places to do theater mm, okay yes so that's where we are so anywho lovelies I hope y'all are feeling good mm -hmm. wherever it is you are I hope mm -hmm. you're feeling loved wherever it is you are so what are we getting into today the last time we spoke, we talked a little bit about um, the climate as far as race yeah. is concerned in America. We started to touch on it, but we said that is a story for another day. Well, mm -hmm. today is another day. Today is another day. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we're feeling, yeah. what, we, what we think about what's going on mm -hmm. in the world today. But things have been pretty quiet. Aren't you nervous? Like this is, a, you know, it's been yeah. four years of like constantly Straight up stress and being inundated, and the president constantly tweeting and this and that, and it's like crickets right now, y'all. Right. Like I got to specifically go to a news to outlet to NPR to hear what's right. happening. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? To hear what's going on. I'm like, what y'all doing over there? Everybody real, real quiet. It's all quiet. <laughs> it's like, like the calm before the storm. Right. It makes like... me nervous. It makes me nervous. I know. I guess I got accustomed to all that chaos. Oh, yeah. All the time. Being you know? upset all the time. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know what's up. But so anywho, mm -hmm. so China, when I guess we'll start with George Floyd. Mm. You know, yeah. We'll start with George, Floyd, George, and then um, Brianna Taylor. Yeah. Did you see the video? Did you watch the video when it happened? Yeah, like I, I watched George Floyd, George Floyd's um, video with Chavez. That's his name, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that, and I was just like blown away. That like somebody's murdered in front of our eyes on TV. In broad daylight. broad daylight. He is murdering mm -hmm. this man. And then you have these other two officers who are standing, standing there Crazy. protecting him mm -hmm. while he murders. We watched a modern day lynching. Literally. That's what we watched. And it happens repeatedly, mm -hmm. repeatedly, mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And it's filmed. And we've watched these uh, police officers mm -hmm. go uh, unpunished mm -hmm. for so long. Like, it is 
It is traumatic. Mm -hmm. Like in my body, Mm -hmm. like I can feel that trauma. Like I am physically sick about it. Um, like one of my favorite shows, Lovecraft Country. <laughs> I've been watching that. Lately. Oh, so good! It's creeping the hell out. It's creepy, <laughs> but it drops all sorts of knowledge oh, in man. it. And so there much. is a, a scene in it. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched it, and plus, shame on you. You ain't watched it. It's right. been it's been on. Like season two is coming, right? Well, I hope so. Okay. I hope and pray. But watch it already. But there is a scene where they are being chased. First, they are, are being chased by white cops who mm. are monsters in the, themselves in this moment. Right. They are in what's called a sundown town. Mm-hmm. And that means oh. to black people, be you don't need to be in this town the when out. the sun goes down, mm-hmm. basically. So now um, the sun has gone down and they're being chased by these police officers. And now they're in the woods and they're feeling like, okay, this is it. We about to die. And then these creepy noises happen all around them. So now the cops are sufficiently scared because they're like, what in the world is this? And then suddenly these creepy, weird, freaky monsters pop out (laughs) and they're being chased by these monsters, right? And so um, two of our main characters are chased into this like cabin with two of these cops or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, like all three of our main characters are actually there, I think. And with these uh, cops, right? And they're surrounded by these monsters. And this one cop, the ringleader, this monster literally, like, I got to point y'all for real. This monster <laughs> literally bites off his arm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the girl has an idea of what they need to do. So she was going to run out. But the cop was like, no, you don't leave. She said, but we are being chased by monsters. <laughs> and the cop whose arm was literally eaten by a monster mm-hmm. says... There is no such thing as monsters. Mm-hmm. But you literally just got your arm eaten by a monster. And so I equate that to what's like going on yeah. as far as race is concerned. Like black folks have been saying this over and over and over again. Yeah. And we have been gaslit. Like, that's not really what they meant. That's mm. not actually what happened. Well, they weren't compliant. Mm. Well, they want, are you going to be easily compliant if you're getting punched in the face? Right, gun. It is a natural reaction to defend oneself. Yeah. I shouldn't encounter a police officer and think to myself, I just want to make it home at the end of the day. I don't have white friends who have that thought when they get pulled over. That thought is in my brain. Mm -hmm. My niece, when she was... I don't know, maybe seven or eight, my brother gets pulled over and the, he gets a ticket and all this kind of stuff and the cop leaves. It was fine. It was a regular old run-of-the-mill exchange. Yeah. But my niece goes, well, I'm glad he didn't kill us. Damn. That You're seven or eight years old and that is the thought that is in your head. Wow. You know, I don't get a warm and fuzzy feeling when I see police officers. Hell no. no. I just don't. And I do my best not to lump everybody into one category. I really do my best, but it's hard to not be nervous. I do my best not to lump white people all into one big category, but it is difficult Mm -hmm. to do so. 
I will be the first to admit because I am an educator mm -hmm. and I work with babies of all races and I never want a baby to come in my classroom and feel unloved. Right. So when I'm having those feelings that rise up in me and we all absolutely do, mm -hmm. if you say you don't, you are lying to yourself. I check that. I check myself in that situation. I check those feelings. I see it for what it is. And I try to see a person for that particular individual. So if we're in a situation and you get cussed out of something, <laughs> you earned it. Not because you are a member of a group of people, but as an individual, right. you have earned this tongue lashing. Mm -hmm. You know? So I try to pause. I try to understand where a person might be coming from if the question is genuine mm -hmm. or if it is rudeness and all that. But, 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 in, in, in who, well, China? Uh, no, no, no. I, I, what I hear what you say, and I'm saying that that's, think about what you just said. You have to check yourself, right? We have to check ourselves as black people, as people of color. You like, we have to check ourselves to be able to handle what we experience every single day, mm -hmm. right? By just purely waking up and being who we are. But how many people do we see that are white that don't have to do that and that say whatever the hell they want or do whatever they want, like Pierce Morgan, you know, that whole situation mm -hmm. with, with Meghan Markle and, and Harry where, you know, he can go on a rampage and say whatever he wants and criticize Meghan Markle who's who's going through depression, who's going through, you know, suicidal thoughts, who's going through racism, who's having a baby and like her husband is standing hand in hand with with her with her, mm -hmm. who's a white man who's Prince Harry, but the only person that's getting ripped to shreds in the media is it's this Megan. black woman is Megan. But we're not even gonna think about, and she has all the whole time. She's not British. She's an American. She's an actress. She has like a parent family complexity situation going on. Like we all do. Like we all She's do. She's a regular right? human being. She's a, exactly. And so is the people in the damn royal whatever in Britain. Like mm -hmm. they got some shit that obviously they got some stuff. Toxic you know, family top, dynamic. Right. So she's dealing with all these things. She has to check herself every day she steps foot out. And how is she presenting herself? Right. With all these things that are looming over her head. But then you got Pierce Morgan who can walk out any day and on TV, national TV, and talk shit and probably going to get more ratings and more gigs and more jobs. Mm -hmm. But you got Meghan Marvel who's kicked out of, well, or they chose to leave because of pressure. They chose to leave this royal family. They don't get escorts or, you know, safety or protection. And, like, that's... What you just said, what they're experiencing, I mean, that's the epitome of racism. It it absolutely is. Like, it's it's just like there's no consequences or repercussions for anything he has to say. Right. And what he is spew what he's spewing is simply his opinion. Right. And opinions are like assholes. Everybody, Everybody got, got one. one. <laughs> and they usually stink. But Megan and Harry <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Yes, but Meghan and Harry have what is called interpretation based on fact. Right. Because they were in the room. Right. She was in the room when you was worried about how dark her baby was finna be. Right, right. Like, I'm just saying, all of this stuff is so antiquated. It is. Like, y'all still real doing that? People bowing to you and all that kind of stuff? Which, like, is, it, which is all irrelevant. It's like, you have truly no power. So, where? why do you have this money? Why do you have this royalty? Why do you have these... 
You like, have a platform. Use it rather than just coming outside, waving every once in a while. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, I don't get it. Harry has, I guess Harry has always been the rebellious one, too, and the most outspoken one. He's, he's been, been his like mother's kid. Yeah, he is his mother's child. Right. Hands down. But I don't understand why folks feel like Harry doesn't know his own mind. Right, right. Like he is un he is a Stepford husband. Mm-hmm. That's what people feel like. He's un- under some kind of mind control by Megan. Right. Which leads me to the point of this white folks thinking black folks are magical. Mm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's why I don't really love the term black girl magic. It's mm. cute and it's catchy, but Folks have really thought like that for a long time where, yeah. um, number one, you got black women who are supposed to be superhuman in their like strength mm-hmm. and their stoicism and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, no, I feel I'm sensitive. Right. People will tell you I'll be the first one to cry in a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like we're super strong because we've had to be, right. but no, we have all the same emotions. There were, um, young white medical interns who thought and put down on pieces of paper that they believed that black people did not experience pain the same way that white people did. And were experimented on. Right. But I'm talking about this is like current. Oh, fair. These are current people about to be your doctor. This is the person you about to be in a room with. You feeling like, oh, Black people can handle pain better than white people, or white uh, uh, white women mm-hmm. are uh, much more fragile mm-hmm. than black women are. And white women, you should be offended by that notion too. Exactly, very true, very true. You know that you are this thing who was weak. who was created as weak and should be set up on this here shelf right. and protected, like you can't think and move and breathe or pop somebody in the mouth if you needed to, because you absolutely can. Right. <laughs> You know, I'm I, I I just find it amazing. And then your movies perpetuate it, yep. where you got magical Negroes showing up everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just watched the movie on Prime, although I, I thought it was entertaining, called Chicks. Okay. And it still had that same formula where you had this white girl that's down on her luck, and here you go, you got this funny chubby black girl mm-hmm. that's your buddy, yep. and it's not until you get inspired by her she gives you the right set of words. <laughs> To bring everything back around, you know? Right. You have all these characters who are able to help their white counterparts, but for some reason, they can't improve their own station. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Legend of Bagger Vance. Like, yep. Vance, how come you don't just play golf and just win? Right. But you're just going to give all your secrets? Okay. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's just ridiculous. I just wonder, at what age do we stop being human? Yeah, you're so right. Like, I I actually was going to, I went to a restaurant, um, and I had saw this, this these two kids run through the door of the restaurant, and it, and it was a little black girl, adorable, and then a little white boy right behind them, but right behind her, and they mm-hmm. were like two peas in a pod, like mm-hmm. best friends, holding hands, playing. And la da 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 da, having a good time, and they were probably no more than like five, mm-hmm. right? And like, that's you know, 
racism is not something that's embedded in us, right? Mm-hmm. Race is also a social construct, right? We mm-hmm. created that for you know superiority and inferiority and what this 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 power and control mm-hmm. in society. So this is not it's not not it's not nothing real, right? It's taught, and so right? When you ask that question, like what age does it become? We're not human, and we're you know disgusting, or we're one fifth human, or we're you know what? When when did that happen? Like, I don't know. When does that change from? Because I had best friends, and I want to preface this conversation saying, like you said before, like it's not all white people, right? It is not all white people that are the problem because there's some allies out there that are... Absolutely. Yeah, so we want to... Y'all are smart. Right. I we, feel like people who listen to us, exactly. y'all are smart. We, Y'all know we're not talking about every white person Absolutely. in the world. And if you feel like your toes are getting stepped on, then yeah, I'm then talking to you. <laughs> exactly. If you Straight up. Right. If you can't agree with what we're saying, then then you probably need to have some self-reflection. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, so like, I mean, that's... It's just crazy to think of when does that 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 pendulum change where our thought processes turn to this negative. Re- but our society, like you said, perpetuates it in our movies, in our sh- in our the things we do, the things we wear, that what's what's disseminated to us, what we see, the media, like all of it. It is all catered to this theory, this like black and white like they love that people love to see that or love to create that and that's part of the problem yeah you know what i mean and i think we all need to figure out how to celebrate ourselves i yeah. love being black me too absolutely oh my gosh yeah. more than i love being a woman and i love Amen. being a girl yeah i absolutely <laughs> love being a girl yep. but i love being black everything that comes mm-hmm. with it. I love black folks. Every facet of society and yes. life and culture, we yes. influence. We do. You know, and it's that thing like everybody want to be black, but don't nobody want to be black. Right. You ask, know. Ask a room to raise your hand. And say, do you want to be black in in America right now? Gu- guarantee, ain't nobody will raise their hand. They're white. Right. And then, but how much how much black music are you listening right. to? What are you looking towards for fashion you're like so many things you do are influenced by black folks by culture our culture that's right i mean like i just want i want black people to embrace each other right i want us to embrace our embrace ourselves and that's something i'm you know really learning to do learning how to like me and love me and Mm. all this kind of stuff Mm. um but Here's my theory, China. Okay. Like, you know, we we saw at the, during this past election, during the summer, mm-hmm. really and truly how divided oh we were God. as a country. Yeah. Now, we can leave race out of it for a minute, just <clears throat> as a country. I think uh, families were divided, yep. you know, immediately. You know, friends, friends like, oh, is that how you feel? Delete. <laughs> right, all of that. Figuring out like how divided we were, you know, and everybody is so far right and everybody Mm -hmm. is so far left. But here's the thing. Are we not all American people? Right. I think that is what we are forgetting. Yeah. And I think too many people have their own agenda. Mm -hmm. And I think the American people are giving too much power to these small group of folks that sit in Washington, D.C., Mm -hmm. or these small groups of folks in our cities, in our towns, um, that we get our cues from them Mm -hmm. on how to treat one another when they really should be getting 
their cues from us. Right. That's really, we should be setting the trend, setting the tide, you know, and we are so moved and swayed by the things that they say, Mm -hmm. but you are a smart and intelligent human being. Right. And I would argue whether you be black or white or Asian Mm -hmm. or Hispanic that are Republican or Democrat that at your core, The things that you want most is the freedom to be who it is you are, Mm -hmm. to love who you choose, to pursue whatever dream you may have, however possible or impossible it may be. But the freedom to pursue it, you know, to raise your family Mm -hmm. and to feel safe every day at your core. That is what you want with your life. That is what any of us wants. Which should be a human right. That is is what anybody wants. So you should be able to find some kind of compassion for somebody who is trying to come across the border for that very thing. Yep. They're not trying to come and rob you of anything. And I think it's because we don't talk to each other. That's true. If you got issues with immigrants, I guarantee you, you ain't had conversations with one. Mm-hmm. You don't have a relationship with one. And by relationship, I ain't talking about dating somebody. I'm talking about a friendship, somebody right. that you know, somebody that you speak to. Tell me about your life. Cause I just don't know. Right. I don't know. You don't have to remind me of my suffering. I know it well mm-hmm. to quote Bea Richards, mm-hmm. but tell me of your own. Mm-hmm. What are you dealing with? What are you going through? If you got issues with trans people, I guarantee you, you've only seen trans folks on TV. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a relationship with anybody. You've never had a conversation with somebody who's dealing with that. Yeah. A gay person. You never really had a conversation with them. You just made up your mind based on some arbitrary facts mm-hmm. that you got. But not because you actually talked to the human being themselves. Right. Y'all, we got to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I'm sorry, China. No. I know I'm talking so <laughs> no, much. It, you're right. But, I, I agree. Ugh, I it, agree. It's, I'm so. It's like I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I'm so tired, and it's yeah. like I've gotten to the point where I just don't care. Yeah. It's almost like I don't care to teach you anything. Right. Like, ugh. And that is where I think. One, I want two things to add to that, like. I think you're you're extremely right. Like if we talk to each other more, we will realize that we're all dealing with the common struggles. Mm-hmm. Like everything that you're dealing with, a trans person's dealing with, or uh, uh, undocumented immigrants dealing with, we're all dealing with that. Especially in this pandemic. Like who the hell don't is isn't worried about a job? Mm-hmm. Who the hell isn't trying to feed their children? Or absolutely you know, right. So th- these things that we're experiencing in life to try to get by, and we work and we work and we work just to pay our bills and survive for us to die, right? Like, we're all dealing with this. So, like, yeah, we would have more commonalities. And then I would say there is a, a webinar that I was on, and a, a doctor said, and I, I love the phrase that she said, she said, before we can unlearn racism, we have to relearn humanity. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was just like, damn. Like, that that, that was it for me. Um I just felt at my core like that is that is it. Like if we lead with empathy and love, half these problems that we're experiencing would 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 be null and void. And then the last thing, what you said that I wanted to kind of like battle you with, um, 
and play devil's advocate mm-hmm. is that I kind of lean more toward, yes, it's not my responsibility to constantly like mm-hmm. educate you. Like I'm not going to be the one to be like, you can call up and be like, I said this or this, 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 or yada, yada, or can I do this? Or and like, that's not my job. I agree right. with you. I also believe that if somebody comes to me in a respectful way, mm-hmm. Or I have an opportunity for a teaching moment or a moment of clarity or to at least provide some type of like truth to their lack of perception or whatever. Mm-hmm. I believe that I have that power to do that too. Absolutely. Okay. No, no, no. I totally agree with you. I just, sometimes I just feel tired. Oh, I, I agree. It's just like. Like, goddamn, do I got to say it again? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but nah, like, no, if you want to, if you come to me uh, from a place of love and that's the way I try to lead just okay. in general, that's yeah. where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to lead with love. I'm going right. to come from a place of love. Yep. Okay. I will talk to you if you want to come to me and talk to you and I will recommend various books for you to read. You know what I mean? But, um, for instance, I started a new job and I won't say where, well, this is, this was a while ago. I don't work there anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was all about like preparing the kids. They might have questions about COVID and why we're wearing this mask. They might be feeling a way about what's happening in the world, but as far as COVID. Mm-hmm. But we were in the thick of right. all Black Lives Matter and things like that. Right. And I said, mm, what's happening in the world socially and culturally as well? Right. They might have questions about that. What'd they say? And then they're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they look at me because there's only two black people in the room. And I said, and I want to add to that, that um, generally when things like this happen in the workplace, the people of color end up being the ones with the weight of the responsibility to teach everybody else. Absolutely. And that's not fair. You got Google just like the rest of us got Google. Right. You know, you can come in a certain way, but it's, it's. You ha- you have to educate yourself. I educated myself in certain things. Mm-hmm. Nobody and when I was in elementary school, oh. nobody was teaching me about who I was as a black person. Yeah. Now I'm grateful for you know I came up in church. And you had the Black History Month programs. Mm-hmm. That's where I first started to get really into it. And just a little bit of background about me: I do have a degree in African American Studies, and that is the focus in my writing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I write um, scripts and plays and books, that's where my focus is. But when it was, nobody gave me information in elementary school, middle school, or high school. I had to get to college and then got in pursuit of it. Mm -hmm. And then I had a professor, Paula McKee, shout out to you. (laughs) Um, Dr. Woods, Dr. Cawthon, Dr. Ferguson. When I started to take those classes, that's when I started to figure out who I was and learn so much about myself. But I had to pursue the information myself. So if I had to pursue it, what makes you think you ain't got to pursue it? Amen. I know that's right. Now, you know, 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that. We're not taught that in elementary school. We're not taught that information. I couldn't agree with that more. And I will say people need to do their research. And so, because I found that the more educated you are on your history, on, you know, what's real, what's happening. And like, not just the, 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 the infamous three black people we're get taught in school, you know, the Rosa, the MLK. I call it the Fab Five. The Fab Five. Go ahead. Rosa Parks, yep. Martin Luther King, <laughs> Malcolm X, Harriet Tubman. And sometimes Madam C.J. Walker. Okay. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like those are the, oh, no, um, um, no, 
No, I'm thinking Garrett A. Morgan, but that's not who I want to say. Who are you, you trying to say? Hmm. George good. Washington Carver. Oh, yeah. The peanut. <laughs> but I, that is exact. But we're, we're, we're not taught that real stuff, right? So I'm going to say research and educate yourself, especially black people, because the, the worst thing that I've seen is like ignorant people of color Ugh. that don't know their own history and don't even realize their own tokenism within an organization. Oh gosh, absolutely. Who don't see the importance right. of it. I don't want to talk about that no more. Right. I don't want to talk about slavery no more. I don't see that. That's not who we are. That's not all we are. No, it absolutely isn't all we are. It's mm -hmm. absolutely not where we started. Right. Um, but the same fortitude that existed in those folks right. existing you yep. and me, the antebellum South is one of, uh, the areas that is my focus where I study uh -huh. because it fascinates me, Sure, you know, because I'm basically taught, I was taught that, you know, this happened and took the Africans that became slaves and it was sad. Abraham Lincoln showed up, <laughs> he freed the slaves <laughs> and it was sad some more, but now we all free. Yay. So That's basically what I was the taught in a nutshell, but I've learned that that's really not the case. We were not little lambs led to the slaughter, yeah. all the subtle ways we fought back and different things like that. And Lucy Harris, who is my fourth great grandmother, her blood courses through my veins. Mm. So I have no excuse. Anything I want to do, I know I can do because that lady survived right. something that was unsurvivable. Right. Okay. Right. So, I think it's always important. And then I'm a firm believer in Sankofa, mm. the African mm. um, proverb that if you don't know where you have been, how could you possibly know where you are going? Absolutely. Yep. So we just keep repeating this stuff. Yep. We keep walking in circles because we keep forgetting about where we've been. Right. Like, can you pause a minute and take note of where you were so you don't make that turn again? Right. So we can quit making all these left turns. And we can get wherever it is we're trying to go. Unfortunately, though, like the system is not in our favor. No, right? It's like it's like it's like a constant game of the Hunger Games. Have you seen the Hunger Games? Yes, I've seen. The so Games. like, I love TV. <laughs> so yes. like, Katniss gets out that bitch. She wins with her and Peter Malark. <laughs> they win. They think they're gonna live happily ever after in their District Twelve or whatever situation. And then all of a sudden, the gamekeepers say. Just kidding, bitches. You're going back in. You're going back in. Game's not <laughs> over. Actually, all the winners of the past, you know, whatever, Hunger Games, are now going back in to kill each other again. Right. So it's like, it's like, damn. The system is not, you, you can't, um, there's an organization that was talking about, like, the groundwater, right? I think you've heard of, like, the groundwater or the fish. So you pull these fish one at a time. Like if you're a fisherman or you're pulling these fish one at a time because they're coming belly up, right? And you get them out of the water and then you, you treat them and then you throw them back into the water. And the next thing you know, they continue to come belly up, right? Like something's, something's wrong with the water, right? Mm -hmm. So like the systems that we're in and the systems that are, are in place, something's wrong with those because we're trying to have these programs, right? You know, I work for an organization that does a lot of like health equity and, and, you know, they reach out to the, the at-risk, I'll say that in quote, communities, mm -hmm. where, which consist of the lower income, primarily people of color communities. And we do these food programs, or we do these backpack programs, we do these educational programs, or Big Brother, Big Sister stuff. 
but we're only pulling one or two out, right? We're, we're, not, we're not fixing the system that's in place so we don't have to go in because these people are still coming belly up because we pull these kids out and then we set them back into a system that's going to, you know, continue. You put them back in you, the bad water. You put them back in the bad water and next thing you know, they're coming belly up and you're like, what the hell just happened, right? So until that changes, until all the things that we know to be true, the systematic um, oppressions and the things in, in educational um, education and workplace and the you know the, the the pay gaps and all the stuff that we're dealing with like until that is fixed you know it is going to be this circle it is going to be this repetitive system that we're in the problems mm-hmm. that we've been facing and I can understand if you are somebody who is who's white and you're from a low income situation and you feel like you from the gutter too. It's difficult for you to Mm -hmm. see where you have privilege, right? It is difficult. It's it's difficult for you to see that, but it it absolutely is there. But these systems that are in place operate exactly like they were meant to operate. They are working perfectly. Okay. They are working perfectly. All right. What we got to do is get off the wheel, right? We got to get off the hamster wheel Mm y'all. We do. We just got to get off. Right. You know, um, like everybody's talking about a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. Well, I am just now starting to build my own table. Right. I don't need a seat at your table. Now, if you want to work together and coexist together and build together, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it, but I'm not here to beg you to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to build my own table. That's right. where I am. And at my table, we can all eat. Right. We all eat because we feed each other. Absolutely. And I think some people are, are can get a seat at the table and then make their way for other people to bring them to the table. And so I think we need both. We need those people that build other tables like you that are saying, I'm going to build this table and like change the whole game. Like I'm not even going to play this game. I'm going to play a whole new game. I'm mm-hmm. starting a whole new game over here and then we also need those people that are trying to get to this table and understand the game they got to play to maneuver at that table so they can make room and space for other people to, to play the same game right um and then that that's another way we can control the game so i want to do a shout out right quick to three books that i've been reading okay yeah that i think are have been incredible for like my own like mm-hmm. research and journey in my process and my life and my career and where I where I'm trying to get to educate myself. But the new Jim Crow, mm-hmm. I, I think you've read that um, Michelle Alexander, like phenomenal book. No, I haven't read it yet. I'm supposed to read oh. it when you finish. Oh, okay, phenomenal book. Uh, I think it's so much education, so much history, so many facts, and just it puts so it, it, the timeline of it is incredible. So I really appreciate that. Then you talk about a seat at the table, a book called The Memo by Minda Hartz. Um, it's just about how black women have to navigate the workplace mm-hmm. and what's that like and, and things and experiences that she had as a CEO and how she got there. It's an incredible, like, it just, it speaks to me as a black woman um, trying to work in corporate America and how I have to face a lot of these things. And then lastly, you talked about being tired. Black Fatigue. Yeah. Have you read Black Fatigue? No, I have not. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it's, a thing. it's an another incredible book. Um, I'm trying to think of the uh, the author right now. Mm, I can't think of the her author. But it's uh, the Winters Group. I know it's... And that's actually local here in Charlotte mm-hmm. who wrote the book. And it's just about being 
tired about being tired in the experience we have as, as black women, as black men and as black children. Um, and, and, and also having the intersectionality of LGBTQ and, you know, uh, black and a woman, black and gay, you know, all those things. That's, those are dimensions of diversity mm -hmm. that, that compound on, on, on top of being black. So great books, great readings. Right, right. And I'll shout one out. I'm currently reading Cast by uh -huh. Isabel Wilkerson. And um, she doesn't use the word racism once in mm. the book. She said because it means many things to many different people. Mm -hmm. But she's, she would argue that what we have in America is a caste system. Yeah. And she talks about three caste systems. Um, India. Mm-hmm. Um, she talks about America and I can't, uh, um, forgetting the third one that she talks about, but it's, it's very, 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 very interesting yep. and very, very enlightening. So I encourage up. you read it to grab a book. I'm a former librarian. Okay. Read a book. Read a book. Yeah. Um, read. so I guess if we gonna get on out of here, yeah. you know, and, uh, next time when we come together again to chit and chat, we're going to talk a little bit more about being free and yeah. um, what it is to be one's authentic self and walk in one's truth. But before we leave, we just want to say we love you, each and every one of you, whether you are white, black, brown, yellow, ever. We do love you. And we want to all grow and move forward. You are not alone. You are not alone. China, do better, be better. That's all I can say. All right. Well, all right, party people. We will see you next time over drinks. Don't forget to bring your drink. Bourbon.